What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Hello, 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 live and on tape from lovely Whitehall Drive here in the beautiful city of Kinston, North Carolina. It is Tuesday, February the 21st in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode uh, 806, 806 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, while they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. We have another great show for you today. I am very pumped to bring this to you because we've got some great guests. We've got uh, a lot of great information that we need to share with you. And uh, let's get it to you. Uh, tell you what, in our... Uh, hold on one second here, guys. That's right. right. Already my phone blowing up. We're uh, 36 seconds or a minute, 36 seconds to the show. Hey! Uh, joining us, joining me here in our first hour is our regular Tuesday guest. He's the news director for the Carteret County News Times and CarolinaCoastOnline.com. He's our resident NBA and hoops expert, Richard Clark. It's still the uh, NBA All-Star break. We're going to be uh, taking his temperature on which teams he thinks have a legitimate chance at making a run at the title. And also something, too, and I know the, the All-Star break has always been past the halfway point of the season, but people want to call it the halfway point. We're 60 games into the season for uh, some of these teams, or 58, 60 games. That is a lot more than uh, halfway. That's like three-quarters of the way, if you consider, you know, 82-game season, 60 games in. So, uh, I, I don't know. It just seems to me the All-Star break keeps getting later and later, but we'll talk to him about that, too. He's a big NASCAR fan, too, Richard is, so we're going to maybe talk a little Daytona 500 with him, even slip some uh, college hoops in there, too, because uh, they're rapidly coming to the end of their season too. But uh, that's just our first hour talking to Richard. In our second hour, it's Tuesday. You know what that means. It's Tuesdays with Trez, where we're going to chat with our good friend, UNC sophomore forward and former Kenson star, Dontrez Styles. Uh, had a chance to see him last week. Really hadn't, with everything that's been going on, hadn't had a chance to talk about that, but saw him at the uh, conference championship game uh Last Thursday night, North Lenore versus Kinston. And uh, just, it was really cool, man. You know where I sit up there in the crow's nest where I call the games on PA for uh, for Kinston High School. So I get a, it's a crow's nest, so I get a pretty good uh, bird's eye view of everything. But I got to watch uh, Trez just interact with everybody and all the hugs he got and all the pictures he took with everybody. It was just really, really cool. Him and Nick Nick, uh, uh, Nick Harvey the third, Nick Cubed as I like to call him. Uh, but it was just really cool to see him, but he'll be right here on the show with us, uh, to start off our second hour. Uh, they lost to NC state over the weekend. Carolina did. So we'll talk about that. Uh, they've got a big week coming up too, including playing at Notre Dame tomorrow night. And then they're home versus the, the God fearing Cavahoos of the university of Virginia on Saturday. Uh, man, I wish I could go to that game. I've got a uh, freedom classic all weekend. 
or uh, I would do my best to get up there and see uh, my Cavahoos take on uh, Carolina and Trez. Uh, but anyway, that'll kick off our second hour. But that's not all. Uh, welcoming, We're going to be welcoming back to the show the head girls basketball coach of the South Lenore Blue Devils, Donald Mooring, who uh, I have known since pretty much the minute I got here. When I got here, though, he was at Kinston High School. He moved over to uh, South Lenore, I guess, in the – we'll ask him. But I think in the 2007-2008 range, it might have been a year or two before that, though. But uh, he's been at South Lenore ever since. He's been the girls uh, – softball coach or softball coach goodness gracious the girls basketball coach for many years he uh, coached in the east west games recently so we got a lot to talk to him about his uh girls travel to east carteret tonight to begin the 2a playoffs against a very very good team i just wanted to have him here on the show this is his last season you know and i was messaging with uh junius and it's been one of those open secret kind of things i don't think anybody's written about it no one's really talked about it but uh it is it's his last season at uh, South Lenore, and I just think the world of uh, Coach Mooring has been a he's been a good friend of yeah. What they, I would we're not like uh, boys, we're not buddies, we don't hang out or anything like that. But he's been just a very professional coach uh, the entire time I've known him. When he was at Kinston and at South Lenore, and uh, just really looking forward to talking to him and just looking back at his career at uh, South Lenore and at Kinston, and uh, I guess it's all coming to an end here in the next. Uh, hopefully not tonight, but in in the next little bit over at South North. So uh, looking forward to talking to Coach Mooring. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, our guest today. We're going to have uh, Richard Clark, like I said, here in the first hour in about 10 minutes or so. And then we're going to have uh, Dontrez Styles and Donald Mooring uh, there in our second hour. Tell you what, before we get uh, crazy into everything here, let me thank uh, Lenore Community College uh, for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. For almost 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives lcc's mission is to uh provide and to meet the personal cultural and professional educational needs of its students through affordable accessible and innovative educational programs lcc has its main campus right here in kenston at 231 highway 58 south but it also has satellite campuses in green county and jones county call lcc at 252-527-6223 Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trent to find out how you can change your life today. And a lot of great things happening. You know, we had uh, uh, a good friend, Catherine Pearson, on and Jessica Cruz on yesterday, and they were telling us about all the great things that are happening. Uh, on the, uh, on the uh, non-sports side at LCC, although there's a lot of sports going on this week, and we're going to get to that here in a little bit. But uh, don't forget this Friday, February the 24th, at the uh, Herring Culinary Arts Center in the Waller Building is going to be a, a lot of fun. They've got Love Bites. It's an evening of anti-romance. So uh, I think you guys will have a, a lot of fun with that. It's only $25. Uh, it includes a glass of wine, the dessert, and the entertainment. And tickets are going fast for that. You heard them talking about that yesterday. Uh, and it benefits uh, the Lenore Community College Foundation, and that is going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy an evening of dessert theater featuring the Lonely Hearts Club. The original Elysian Players production will keep you entertained as they discover that sometimes love bites. It's going to be a lot of fun for uh, folks out there. Again, that's this Friday at 7 o'clock in the uh, Culinary Arts Center in the Waller Building. Also, there's an open call for auditions for uh, Road Dawn's Matilda the Musical. Uh, it's open to actors, singers, and dancers. Speaking and non-speaking roles are available. 
the uh, auditions are going to begin a week from today, uh, Tuesday, February 28th through March 2nd. It's by appointments only. Uh, and how can you do that? Why go to um, lenorecc.edu backslash Matilda, and you can get all your information that you need there. Um, so uh, if you want to be in a play, you know, if you remember my little uh, <laughs> the little adventure I went through uh, back before Christmas, actually back before Thanksgiving with uh, A Christmas Carol, uh, was I want to be, and I'm, I won't be in this because I can't sing, nor can I dance, uh, but, uh, I'm going to be in one eventually, but if that's something that you've always wanted to do, you need to get in touch with them. And again, uh, go to lenorecc.edu backslash Matilda. You can find out about that. And then of course the big golf tournament is coming up. Uh, the Lenore community college foundation golf classic super ball tournament. It is going to be May 18th, 2023. Yes. The Brian Hanks show and WRNS, uh, your country, 95.1 Dick broadcasting. We're all sponsors of uh, this event and i would encourage you to either be a sponsor or play in it too and if you would like to do that it's very easy go to lenorecc.edu backslash kinston golf and you can find out everything that you need to about uh the golf tournament so tons and tons of stuff going on over at lenore community college and again we appreciate uh all the folks <clears throat> excuse me all the folks over there uh, Richie Honeycutt, Dr. Rusty Hunt, all the folks that allow us to be the, or, or are our title sponsor of the Brian Hanks show. Uh, can't tell you how much we appreciate them. Uh, NBA, we'll be talking about that with uh, Richard here in a little bit. As they, Like I said, they're still in their all-star break right now. Uh, but uh, Brandon and the Pelicans, they return to the court uh, day after tomorrow at Toronto. They're 30-29 and 29 overall. They're in eighth place in the Western Conference. Reggie Bullock and the uh, Dallas Mavericks, they uh, return to the court also day after tomorrow, but they'll be at home versus San Antonio. So, uh, again, they're enjoying their days off uh, right here. I was about to say middle of the season, but as we talked earlier, nowhere near the middle of the season. This is three-quarters of the way through the season, but they'll be uh, returning to action here in a couple of days. Uh, speaking of Lenore Community College, uh, the basketball team who have won two in a row, Three of their past five games, they close out their 2022-23 uh, season Friday at home versus Guilford Tech, and then they turn around and they play their final game of the season on the road Saturday at Davidson Davy. So uh, a good chance. They have really uh, – you heard that uh, interview that we did yet, or that not that we did, but that we played yesterday from Lenore Community College and Chris Brown. I like what he said, that uh, if you're thinking that, you know, you see uh, the Lancers 5-21 and 21 record and – you think, oh, this is going to be uh, an easy game for us here at the end of the regular season. Why well, you would be wrong because the Lancers are playing arguably, not even arguably, they're playing the best, their best basketball of the season right now and a, a great way to close out the regular season uh, this weekend. Again, Friday at home versus Guilford Tech and then at Davidson-Davy on Saturday. Baseball team rolling right along. They are 7-2 and two overall. Uh, coming off a perfect weekend against Fayetteville Tech, and they are at home today at two o'clock. And uh, Lord willing, the creeks don't rise, as my grandpa Hanks used to say. I'm going to be out there for it. They're going to be taking on the Methodist Junior Varsity team today at two o'clock at Lancer Field. So if you can get out there, I think it's supposed to be a pretty day today. I probably should have looked up the weather forecast for that. But they are home today at two o'clock, and then they're at the Chuan University uh, JVs for a doubleheader tomorrow. And then this weekend, uh, they host Gaston College all weekend, uh, a doubleheader on Saturday and then a single game on Sunday. So Lancers with, uh, what, three, five, six games 
uh, between now and Sunday that they're going to be playing six games in five days if I'm doing my math there right. Man, if you love uh, LCC baseball, and I do, and I know a lot of you do too, you're in for a pretty good treat over, uh, like I said, over this next week. Uh, Hometown Heroes. Uh, We're going to be talking to Dontrez and uh, Dontrez Styles about Carolina. They're 16 and 11 right now. Uh, Not doing real well. 8 and 8 in the ACC. Uh, They are at Notre Dame tomorrow. Uh, at 9 o'clock, and then at home versus Virginia Saturday at 6. Both those games will be on ESPN. Isaac Parson and Jeremy Dixon of Winston-Salem State, they are 17-8 and eight overall. They finished 9-7 and seven in CIAA South. They're the five seed going into the CIAA tournament that begins uh, tomorrow. Uh, they will face a 12th-seeded St. Augs uh, tomorrow at 12.30 if they win that game, which they should. Uh, they will take on Claflin Thursday at 8 p.m., so excited about that game, too. Uh, Damian Dunn and Temple, they uh, play tomorrow at 7 on ESPN2 when they uh, travel to Cincinnati. They're 15-13 and 13 overall, 9-6 and six in the, uh, in the uh, AAC. And then they're off for eight days. And we talked about, I talked a little bit about this yesterday. It's just really odd that right here at the end of the uh, regular season that you have an eight-day break. But they have that, uh, Damian and Temple uh, tomorrow. Uh, or after tomorrow's game, they'll be off until Thursday, March the 2nd, when they'll have senior night against UCF. Uh, Rujan Walters and Greensboro College Pride, they are done. Their season is complete. Rujan had a pretty good season coming off the bench for uh, the Pride of Greensboro College. They finished 10 and 15 overall, 5 and 9 in the USA South Atlantic or a South Athletic Conference. Ashante Lynch and Maryland Eastern Shore, they played last night. They won at home last night to improve to 7-17. and 17. That's their second straight win in a row. However, Ashante didn't play. She wasn't in the box score, so I don't know what the deal was there. Uh, they are home versus Coppin State tomorrow, and then they're at Coppin State Saturday at 2. If you remember, uh, they had to cancel a game or postpone a game earlier this season, and that's them making up that game tomorrow at 5.30. Uh, Amaji Dodd from Green Central and Charleston Southern. They are eight and seventeen overall, four and ten in the Big South. They've lost six in a row, and they are at UNC Asheville uh, Wednesday tomorrow at six thirty. Then they're home versus the Blue Hose of Presbyterian. That's a great nickname. Uh, that game will be on Saturday. Dory Hines and UMO. They're ten and seventeen overall. They're eight and eleven in Conference Carolinas. Uh, they are. Uh, they have their final regular season game of the year. Uh, tomorrow at 7.30, uh, they'll travel to Florence, South Carolina, to take on Francis Marion University, who is 13-12. and 12. They're 10-9 and nine overall. And uh, you remember us talking to uh, Shane last week, Shane Albee, and we'll be talking to him on Thursday too. Uh, I don't know if it's a must win, but I think it's pretty close to a must win if they want to make the Conference Carolina's uh, conference tournament that they are going to need to win that game against Francis Marion uh, tomorrow. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt. How about uh, I saw a little feature on them on ESPN uh, over the last couple of days. They've won five straight. They were they were ten and twelve. What three and six in the SEC? They've now won five straight. They're fifteen and twelve now. Eight and six. And they are talking about getting hot at the right time, like we did about LCC. Stack and uh, Vanderbilt are doing exactly that. They're at LSU uh, tomorrow night at seven. That game will be on SEC Network, and then they're home versus Florida Saturday at 6. So uh, there you go, a couple of opportunities to be able to watch Stackhouse and Vanderbilt. Again, uh, getting hot at the right time. They've had some big wins here in this streak and a very good chance for uh, 
stack in Vanderbilt to uh, to make a run. I don't know about the NCAA tournament. I think they're probably going to have to win the SEC tournament to do that. But, uh, man, again, getting, getting hot at the right time. Uh, let's uh, switch over to uh, prep basketball and uh, state playoffs begin today. Uh, Kinston will be at home. Well, let's talk about the boys' side first. And, man, we've got uh, game starts all over the place here on the boys' side. Uh, Kinston plays at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, they'll take on North Pitt. Kinston ended up being the number four seed in the 2A East. Uh, they're taking on the number 29 seed, North Pitt Panthers. Kinston is 20-5 and five overall. North Pitt is 9-16 and 16 overall. That game will be at 7 o'clock at Kinston High School. Tickets are $7 each to get in to see uh, that game. North Lenore is on the road tonight. They're 14 and 12 overall. They got the number 26 seed. They travel down to East Bladen, who is 19 and six. Uh, <laughs> they're 19 and six. That game will be at 7:30. Uh, Spence, I'll get to that in a minute. I think you're absolutely right too. Uh, but we'll get to that here in a moment. Uh, the only other boys team in our neck of the woods here is Green Central, who made the playoffs. They are at home. They earned the 13th seed. In the 2A East, uh, they are 21 and six overall, and uh, they are hosting Camden County, who is 13 and 10 overall. That game is at six o'clock. So there you go, uh, North Pitt at Kinston. These are boys' side. North Pitt at Kinston. That's at seven o'clock tonight. North Lenore at East Bladen. That's at 7:30 tonight. And then uh, Green Central at home against Camden County. That game is at 6 o'clock tonight. So, like I said, just all over the place, those three uh, games when it comes to schedule-wise. be crazy. Uh, the, and here's what's neat. If Kenston and Green Central win tonight, do you know what that means, Keith Spence? It means Green Central will be at Kenston on uh, Thursday in the second round of the playoffs, which would just be awesome. They've already played each other twice this year. Green Central has six losses, Okay. Two of them, or I'm sorry, three of them are to Farmville Central. Two of them are to Kinston, and uh, they could end up. Uh, well, we won't, let's let's not even jump ahead yet. But uh, that's a, a big game again. Green Central at Kinston, potentially, potentially Thursday night. Uh, both teams have to win. Kinston has to beat North Pitt tonight. Green Central has to beat Camden County tonight. And you know what? I'm going to speak it into existence. That's what's going to happen. How about over on the girls' side, uh, Kinston? Uh, earned the 29 seed out of uh, out in the state playoffs. They will travel down to St. Paul's to uh, take them on at 6 o'clock tonight. Now, this is what's neat about the girls' games. All three girls' games are at 6 o'clock uh, tonight, uh, first-round playoff game. So, Kinston is, uh, again, the 29 seed. They travel to St. Paul's uh, at 6 p.m. tonight. Uh, St. Paul's is 18-5. and five. Kinston is 10-15. and 15. North Lenore is 13 and 11 overall. They were the 24 seed coming out of the 2A East. They travel down to Whiteville uh, to take uh, on Whiteville at 6 p.m. tonight. Whiteville's 15 and 8. I think it's a good chance for uh, North Lenore to maybe pull off an upset tonight. And then South Lenore, they got the 27th seed. They're 13 and 10 overall, and they travel uh, down to the beach to take on a very good East Carteret team who is 22 and 2 tonight. Uh, that game also at 6 o'clock. And uh, as I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're going to have uh, Donald Mooring on from South Lenore. He is going to be uh, joining us. So uh, there you go. Uh, my boy Keith Spence, uh, who is basically a co-host of this show, I love it. But uh, he said he made a very good point. Vandy, right now, they're solidly in the NIT, I think. 
as is Carolina. How about a Vanderbilt versus Carolina matchup in the NIT? Would that not be pretty awesome to have? Uh, you know, Stack was a finalist for the Carolina coaching job when Hubert Davis got it. And uh, I, I got to tell you, man, I know Stackhouse well enough. And, every, you know, a lot of folks here, you included, Spence, know, uh, know uh, Stack a lot better than I do. You got to think that put an extra little flame in his eye, an extra little motivation if uh, Vanderbilt had a chance to play Carolina in the NIT. And the way things are going right now, I don't see why that couldn't happen. Uh, I tell you what, let's get, let's talk. Speaking of Spence, let's talk about Spence Automotive. It's where I get my car service. It's absolutely positively where you should go to. Located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lots, Spence Automotive is owned by our good friend and local sports riding legend, Keith Spence, and is open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires, too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011. The next time you need your car service, when you need new tires, and tell him the Brian Hank show sent you. Hell, tell him Richard Clark sent you too, right, Rich? Uh, that'll work. <laughs> well, I hear that if you tell Spence that the Brian Hank show sent you, uh, he charges an extra 10%. So we don't want that to have to happen to people. So I think if you tell him <laughs> Richard Clark sent you, then uh, maybe he'll no, take it. 25%. <laughs> there you go. It's 25%. <laughs> I like it. Hey, uh, he just brought up a good point. He sent me a text, and uh, we're talking about, you know, how Carolina's struggling. It's Tuesday. We're going to have uh, Dontre Styles on to do our second hour here on the show today, Rich. But uh, I'll tell I you where he's transferring. <laughs> anywho uh yeah i know right uh well no dude it's the number one talk of, topic of conversation around here but dude I, I think you know we have an nil with him he's not allowed to talk about things oh, like that while, yeah no while he's under scholarship at uh, the university of north carolina at chapel hill but don't think that hasn't been the number one topic of conversation around kinston lenore county and eastern north carolina dude well and it ain't just him it's the mother too as well so yeah whether the Washington kid or whatever, uh, whatever his name is, um, he can't see the floor either. So, you know, I, dude, I just don't get it. I don't even mind talking Especially about that. Dude, we've got you. If you're willing to stay with us, we've got you till the top of the hour. And I've got a whole bunch of topics I want to talk to you about. And hell, yeah, why don't we, why go. don't we just start with that? We'll get a little college basketball in here, dude. Just, uh, and again, people realize that listen to the show. Yes. We have Tuesdays with Trez. We have an NIL with, uh, Don Trez styles. And I, I read, I read the rules. We can't talk about, uh, <laughs> you know, potential, uh, other places that he might end up playing. So, uh, we're, we're, we're not going to talk to him about that. We, but. we can't talk to him about going to play for Dion. <laughs> no, to play for Dion. <laughs> no, but I like what Spence just sent, uh, Don Trez to Vandy, which by the way, Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, how about the role they're on, dude? I don't know how much you've been keeping up with it. They have won five in a row. They were struggling three and six in the sec. 10 and 12 overall and all stack is done. He's pulled off a couple of really good wins and uh, they're now 15 and 12 overall eight and six and in a very tough sec. And I'd be willing to say, I know I hope lightning doesn't strike me through the window. As I say this, we know how good the big 12 is this year. I mean, they're just what five of the top 10 teams in the big 12 are in the top 16 in the nation right now. Uh, but the sec also, uh, has been playing great basketball ACC. And I'd like to Not say so it's because great. that's where I was going. That I'd like to say that you know they beat up on each other, but I just think I got to tell you. And I've told anybody that'll listen. I'll tell you right now, Rich. 
Yeah, Virginia's 21-4. and four. Yeah, they're number six in the nation, dude. They've got to be, though. And I love Virginia, as you know. I live, breathe. I've got their ink on my skin, dude. I love Virginia, dude. But, man, this has got to be the worst 21-4 and four team Virginia has ever had, dude. Well, honestly, it's got to be the worst ACC as a group that I remember in quite some time. I mean, even back when the, the league wasn't very good, we kind of had Duke or somebody to hang your hat on. They ain't even going to have that this year. I mean, you could tell me any of the top three or four teams are the best team in ACC and, and make an argument for it and be correct. Because the worst-case scenario, I think, for the ACC is that somebody wins a tournament that's not supposed to because I don't see them getting more than four teams in. Well, as of this past weekend, Joe Lenardi had – and, dude, and I'm as flabbergasted as you are, dude – but he had seven ACC teams getting into the NCAA tournament. I don't now bear in mind none of them are on the one line or even the two line. Virginia is a third seed, but dude, he had it all the way down to. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. He had it all the way down to Wake Forest making it in, dude. Oh my God! Seriously? Yeah, dude. I, I I'm as in tr- dude. Now bear in mind this was before Carolina lost to NC State, but he had Carolina making it in, dude. I mean, I don't even know that State is guaranteed. If State loses again and then gets blasted out of the tournament in the first round, are they guaranteed? I don't think so. I don't know. But, 20, but, but 21 and 7, dude. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, <laughs> you know. I can see your face right now with the confused look on your face. But, dude, I swear, Lenardi had them in. I think he had them in as a 7 or 8. But, uh, but Virginia, Miami, Pitt. Clemson State, Duke, uh, Wake Forest, and North Carolina in it, dude. So, uh, hell, I got that wrong. That was 18. Or, no, I know what it was. He didn't have uh, Wake in. He had Wake uh, first four out. So, uh, but yeah, that was, there, like I said, though. No way. Yeah, I know. But that was before Carolina got beat uh, at NC State, dude. Uh, I just, dude, I just see this being a year. Even, let's say conservatively, like you said, I'll go five teams. I think at okay. this moment, Virginia, Miami, Pitt, Clemson. Uh, well, it's six because I really think Duke's going to make it. Duke's RPI is really high. So, oh, I think Duke's in. Yeah, okay. Well, who do you have in right now from the ACC then, dude? Virginia, Miami, Pittsburgh, and Duke. Wow, you don't have Clemson in. No. Okay. I think they're going to get bounced early. And, and State, I think, is on the bubble. But, you know, uh, if I could be wrong, if they go the route and putting these big conferences in, because the big the big ten is in the same boat. Their teams are terrible too. So you're gonna put them in because they went twenty and nine, but they're terrible. I mean, we're talking about you know at the end here, state twenty one and seven, but who have they beaten? Yeah, yeah. ACC teams. Because uh, <laughs> I think we all agree that doesn't say a whole lot this year. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what the what the committee does because there's some really good small conferences. I can't. I can't believe you're gonna leave all those teams out. I mean, UConn's twenty and seven in there, and they're in fifth place. You gonna leave them out? Wow. I, you know, it's gonna get it's gonna get hairy down toward the bubble because there's a lot of teams in that range because there's no really great teams. No, I agree with you, and I agree with that overall. I mean, Houston is your number one team, okay, in the country right yep. now. But let me make an argument here, dude. They're number one in the country. In fact, well, I want to talk to you about that here in a moment is uh, ECU will be hosting them, the number one team in the country this Saturday. Talk about an opportunity for the Pirates to make some noise. But here's how tenuous their hold is on number one, Rich. Uh, Temple. 
Temple, who is a barely a 500 team, went to uh, Houston and won at Houston this year. Remember Damian Dunn and uh, Temple? Mm-hmm. Went. So, I mean, if if Temple, who is barely a top 100 team in the country, <clears throat> and beat you on your home court, exactly how good are you, dude? That that's my point. I, I just don't know that that winning the coming in fourth, fifth, sixth in the ACC carries any clout this year. It probably does because of who's sitting in the room, but it shouldn't. The same with the Big Ten. That's it's terrible. So, uh, in my opinion, neither one of those conferences should have more than four. That being said, you and I both know they'll probably put five in there, and somebody in the Mid American or somewhere like that going to get bounced. Well. Like I said, uh, and I can just tell you from, you know, everybody talks about, oh, well, I don't think I've heard anybody describe Virginia as a powerhouse or anything but a powerhouse, but they're 21 and four right now. And I'm telling you, Rich, I watch every Virginia game at least. I'm not saying I watch it from, you know, from stern to bow or whatever, but I watch a, a portion of every Virginia game. I record all of them. I'll fast forward through it. I'll watch them. This is not a good Virginia team, dude. I mean, they're really not. They're veteran. I'll give you that. I mean, they're probably, I think I read somewhere, they're one of the oldest teams in the country. But that's really all they got going for them. Dude, we struggle. They struggle to score. I mean, now the defense is good like it always is. I mean, you know when you play a Tony Bennett coach team, I don't care if he's got me and you out there. We're going to play defense. Anyway, you've seen me play defense. You know that ain't going to happen. But you know my point. You know you're going to have a good defensive team. But they struggle on offense, Virginia does. And for Virginia to be the number six team in the country and probably is going to end up being the number one seed in the ACC tournament here in a few weeks, dude, come on now, man. Uh, that, that to me speaks how bad the ACC is when your number one team is my Virginia Cavaliers, dude. Now, you hit it on the head. And, again, when you have to also factor in other conferences, other teams. I mean, like the Mountain West, they got five teams that won 20 games. Wow. Who are you leaving out to put a, what, 18-win Clemson team in? Ugh. Or whatever they are. Who, who yeah. can't even beat Carolina and can't one of Carolina's bad, worst right. seasons? Yeah. Right. I mean, it just – if this is done fairly, which you know it's not, but if it was, there's no way they should get more than four in, and it should not be Carolina by any stretch of the imagination. Unless they win the tournament. Well, Carolina's got a chance, so I'm pulling up their schedule here, Rich, to uh, bounce it off of you. And look, I love doing the WL thing. You tell me if they're going to win or lose. Dude, they're at Notre Dame tomorrow, man. They, they've they got to win that, right? Dude, I can't Notre say. Dame this, just won look, two games in the ACC. Come on. This, this has got to be the most disappointing Carolina team ever, though, yeah. given the preseason expectations. I don't know. I watched them play state, and they looked like they hadn't run their offense all year. You know, now I got to tell you, I was at the, uh, the stadium series game, you know, the NHL thing, uh, so I didn't get to watch the game in person. I saw some of the highlights and here's what shocked me about Carolina and not just in the loss to state, but in their past two or three games is dude, just the, now, now they played good against Clemson. They played well against Clemson. They had some emotion, but I have never seen as emotionless a team now and i know uh baycott is not you know a, a screamer or a yeller and he's not somebody that's going to get out there and fire up his teammates uh but dude they just play without emotion and i'm just not used to that with a carolina team i mean roy's usually out there you know jumping up and down having heart attacks on the sideline and getting everybody fired up and maybe that's just the way hubert is is he's just he's he is a lower key kind of coach 
But, dude, I'm just not used to seeing Carolina play with the lack of emotion that they've played with this year, Rich. Well, to, to your point with that, some of that probably goes to Hubert um, and his interview quoting the bottle the other day. I was, I was head-scratching, to be honest. Um, and, you know, there's some buzz amongst the characters. You got as many Carolina fans in your life as I do. And on some of their message boards and stuff, there's some buzz about your boy at Vanderbilt going over there. Wow. So, wouldn't that be something? That would be uh, something. I doubt Carolina would ever pull that trigger, but um, it would be something if they did. Well, I uh, I wanted to play WL here with you. You tell me four games left in the regular season at Notre Dame tomorrow night on ESPN, but Notre Dame is 2-14 and 14 in the ACC, 10-17 and 17 overall. you got to think, dude. Come on now. You've yeah, they got to win, right? win that one, right? Right. Uh, side note to that, I heard a rumor, about, again, on these boards, um, that is like a, a a team killer. I heard there's some triangle disagreements <laughs> between Caleb Love and, and R.J. Davis. So what, what, what's um, this triangle thing you're talking about? <laughs> it's not a triangle offense, is it? No, nah, it's some homie hopping going on. <laughs> it's not a triangle and two defense, is it? Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, maybe. <laughs> 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 dude I, I know uh, and that started those rumors started uh with the duke game when ironically enough i think i sent it to you that you know the the brian hank show on tuesdays with trez got some love on the uh, duke cheer yes, sheet yes, uh, on the camera yes. crazy's cheer sheet and uh that was that was cool in and of itself whatever but then if you read down a couple of paragraphs that's where i hadn't even heard of any of that stuff until it came out on there and evidently i mean dude you know what what dude I what do we know yeah what do yeah, we know what do we know and, and I don't want to put anybody in a spotlight on that. However, let me say this. It would make complete sense. Yeah. Because the one thing that would make sense is why this group looks the way they do. Because if you and Ola are old enough to remember the Jason Kidd, Jimmy Jackson, <laughs> Tony Braxton thing and what that did to that team. So, you know. Dude, tell people, tell, uh, tell these kids these days. They don't know what hot was until they saw saw Tony Braxton back in the day. Tell them. Yeah, and and apparently, you know, she was, went out with two guards on the same basketball team, and that did not go over well. Uh, Somebody came out of that with a, with a black eye, didn't they? If I remember correctly, was it? Yeah, if I remember correctly, yeah. yes. And and it was not a team building experience. Put it that way. <laughs> no, it was not. Okay, Notre Dame tomorrow. I think we're both agreed. They they've got to win. Carolina, that. I think it's a win. I think that's a win. Yeah, agreed, dude. Agreed. Saturday, six p.m. I'm hopefully going to be back in time from the uh, hol- or from the uh, holiday invitational from the uh, Freedom Classic as uh, the God fearing Cavaliers of the University of Virginia travel to chapel hill to take on uh, the tar hills man what do you think I, I virginia has shown they can beat anybody in the country they've shown they can lose to anybody in the country dude i'd like to think though that as disciplined as virginia is that i think i really think virginia wins that game dude and i'm not being a homer here i just i think no spread has been released for it yet but you gotta figure virginia's gotta be one point favorites point and a half two points what do you think I would think more than that, but okay. at least three. But who knows how that works? Well, what do you um, see? What I'm do you see you. in that game, Virginia versus Carolina? Uh, I see that Virginia may be overlooking it, um, but because they don't need it. That being said, if they're smart, they go and bury Carolina now. 
So, oh. um, I'm gonna go with Virginia just because I don't think that Carolina can ratchet up enough offensive firepower to get through that defense because they're they don't look great. Unless they shoot great, which they haven't all year. Well, and you know one thing, Virginia and Tony Bennett, he's going to let them shoot threes, and they are. They're yep. you're absolutely right. They're awful from the three point line. And uh, I'd like to think that uh, well, he's not going to let them shoot, but he's they're going to do it. They're going to lock down Baycott. They're going to make anybody but Baycott beat them on uh, on Saturday night. I, I'm willing to bet anything on that. I'd almost let him shoot. Really? I, I watched him throw the ball up there so hard. I'm not. I'm. It would bounce to half court. I'm like, are you even trying to make it? Or are you just throwing it up there hoping? Uh, he reminds me of. Um, the guy they had a few years ago, the transfer, um, that was preseason player of the year, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. Um, about a six nine, six ten guy. He ended up going to like Mississippi State or somewhere. You're not talking about um, Walker Kessler, are you? No, no, but they could use him, couldn't they? Yeah, couldn't they though? Uh, yeah, he only went to the NBA and doing something but hey he really is he's make, definitely making a name for himself there okay so are we both in agreement then uh and l against yeah, virginia yeah. Uh, yeah. saturday we're in agreement there you go okay so next week monday then two days later they travel to florida state and you talk about a trap game because they've got duke coming up after that dude i think they're gonna lose at florida state and florida state's not great they're six and eleven overall they're eight and twenty or they're six and eleven in the acc they're eight and twenty overall but can you not see that being a game after a, a tough game? And I think the Virginia game is going to be a close game. I, honest to God, don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a 63-61, 62-60 kind of game. But with Virginia coming mm-hmm. out on top, I really do. Uh, but then two days later, I mean, four, right at 48 hours later, and in Tallahassee, they have to travel to Florida State before the Duke game. Dude, I think that's a nail. Let's assume they can win that game. That means they went two and one. Going into so that the Duke moves game. Them. Yeah. Going into the Duke game. So they then that's still a must win at Duke. Because that only leaves you at nineteen wins when, you know, the magic number, so to speak. But yeah. that's kinda old old thinking. But still, um, I don't know, man. I think two and two is probably what they come out because Duke's gonna probably blow their doors off. But that being said, that rivalry makes them, it does make a difference. Well, that would make them okay. And I, I'm I'm with you. I think. Well, like I said, I think it it's it exists out there that Florida State could beat Carolina. But you know what? That'd be the kind of game Carolina, just like they did with a tough Clemson team, which I thought Clemson was going to play them better than they did in Chapel Hill a couple weeks ago. I, I did too. I did as well. But it, it just stands to reason that they lose to Virginia, and then they two day forty eight hours later go to Tallahassee. And beat uh, Florida State ninety to sixty eight or something like that. Right. Would, right. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they did that. So anyway, so I we're with the same. I think they're gonna, they, now the home the game against Duke is a home game on uh, right. a week from Saturday. But uh, I'm with you. Two and two to end the regular season. That would make them eighteen and thirteen. 10 and 10 in the ACC, right around eighth or ninth in the league. Well, in fact, that's probably because, hell, Syracuse right now is nine and seven in the league. So I think they're almost locked into that nine hole in uh, the ACC tournament then. So they're 18 and 13, 10 and 10 in the nine hole. How many games do they have to win in the ACC tournament to get into the uh, NCAA tournament? The whole thing, or could they make it to the championship game? Because they'd have to play four four games. Yeah, I think they have to win at least two, and one of those probably needs to be against somebody halfway decent. Um, And that's assuming, like we said, they come out of the last four games three and one. 
Um, if they go two and two in the last four, they probably need to win three games. Wow. Well, you know what that would be. If they're the nine seed, they'd play the eight seed in, uh, on Wednesday. Then Thursday, they would be matched up against Virginia again. If Virginia's number one seed, because it'd be the nine, eight versus the, uh, number one seed. And, oh, goodness gracious. Well, Virginia's only a game up on Miami. Yeah. That one, well, no, not even a game. They're a half game up on them. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Look, so. Greg Clemens, let's let's uh, let's talk about his state Wolfpack for a second because he's like he just asked, "Why are we wasting all our breath talking about UNC cheat?" <laughs> <laughs> Other teams in, dude, and you know what? He's right, dude. I mean, you look at it's it's packed up at the top of the ACC right now. Virginia, thirteen and three. Miami's a half game back. Pittsburgh, who is just surprised the heck out of me. If there's two. Coaches, I think, are worthy of uh, – if I had a vote, and I used to have a vote uh, being a member of the ACC Sports Media, if I had a vote right now, my vote would go to Kevin Keats at uh, State for Coach of the Year as of this moment. Really? Oh, dude. Dude, that team was in last place in the ACC last year. They're 11-6 and six and 21-7 and seven overall right now. I really think – and I think they would make the, AC, or the NCAA tournament if – I, know, I if think was, they're right firmly on the bubble, um, you know – Probably one of the first ones in. If oh, dude, all these um, NC State fans, and I'm including you, Mr. Clemens, that they were all they all want him gone. They want Keats gone, but all he's done I'll is win 21 back. games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, I, I'm gonna push back on you a little bit on that okay, because okay. they 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 went from last to where they're at now, but they underachieved last year and underachieved the year before that. So you know, yeah, you came up from the bottom, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of self-inflicted. Now they are there, and and you know I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan so far, and I watched that Carolina game, and it's funny because the the run that basically won state the game was just so chaotic. One guy hit a left-handed running reverse layup that was oop de boop, and then they came down and the guy shot a three falling to his right. I mean left, and and I was on the on the run. And that's the 9-0 run that basically won the game. And you're just like, wow, look at that. So, you know, is that was that how they are good? Is that what they do every week? I, I don't know. I don't watch them enough for that. But it looked a little chaotic for my face. Well, like I said, if right Unsustainable, now. Unsustainable, I guess, is what I really that, That's a say. good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. But I'm telling you right now, if I had a, uh, if I had a vote, my two coaches that I'd be voting for Coach of the Year – would either be Keats at NC State or Capel at Pittsburgh, dude. And uh, two programs that were picked in the bottom half of the ACC going into the regular yeah, season. I, I They've like, both done a great job. I, I like Capel because I think he's got less talent. Yeah. But that, you know, that being the tiebreaker and all. And, and let me be clear on that. I'm, I'm not a Keats fan, but they are where they are. So, yeah, it got there somehow. Yeah. If the, if the ACC tournament started today, they'd be the five seed. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're wanting that double buy. And because anybody, you want to have that double buy so you don't have to play for two days and you only have to play three games in the ACC tournament. And uh, he's right there on the verge of it. I think that's overrated. I mean, I don't know what the win loss is on that. It's probably, probably back to what you're saying. But we're talking about 20 year olds. Yeah. I could have played two games a day, every day, for, <laughs> when I was 20. You know, I don't, you know, this is not, you're not and, 35 and, year and old. Hook, hey, hey, and hooked up with a, a teammate's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> right 
Hey, man, I follow certain rules on that now. Yeah, I do. You, you know what, dude? Good point. Uh, teammates, you, you, there, there, there are, un, like how baseball has its unspoken rules, there are unspoken rules in basketball too, right? Absolutely there are, yeah. You know, <laughs> nah, I can't go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Okay, wrap up uh, uh, college basketball talk. I did want to ask you, your alma mater, uh, ECU, this coming uh, weekend, uh, Saturday, the number one, and I'm trying to remember, uh, I think maybe Cincinnati was number one one time when uh, they came into uh, Menji's Coliseum. But, man, what a great opportunity for uh, for East Carolina with the eyes of the college basketball world on them. Yeah, they're, you know, they're not great, dude. They're 13 and 13 overall. Still, I still think they're playing. They were picked dead last. They're two spots from last right now. And they're definitely not going to finish last as bad as Tulsa is this year. But hey, I got to tell you, dude, I've seen signs of life with your your Pirates this year, dude. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I'm not saying they're going to win an NCAA tournament. Hey, this is a team that's only made it to the NCAA I, that's tournament. What, I'm once, yeah. I don't, what are you talking about? Just make it. That's all I'm asking. Be one of 60, what, 68 now. Yeah. So, you know, that's all I'm asking. I'm not asking for anything outlandish. <laughs> Good Lord. But, but uh, yeah. Give me, a prediction. Mean, you know, give me a prediction. Houston at East Carolina this Saturday, dude. They're going to blow us out by 25. <laughs> dude, come on, man. Uh, they, Houston is, they need it. And if you recall, was it year last year, the year before that Houston lost up here? Yeah. Probably did. the biggest win at ECU and. In my lifetime, I mean, you know, in my role of going to ECU, I don't recall winning a bigger game, um, honestly. And it got zero coverage really around here, which is funny. Um, But, yeah, I don't remember ECU winning a bigger game because what was Houston at the time? Three, four, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So I think they still remember that, at least somebody does. And they're going to come up here a little bit better prepared this time. Because didn't they lose last week or two, too, as well? Houston? Seems like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I told you, we were talking about they lost to Temple, remember? Mm-hmm. And, That's uh, what it was. Yeah, they You're lost right. to Temple at home. I watched that game, in fact, in a game where a Kinston player came up. Dude, that's their last loss. That was all the way back. Let me pull up their schedule here. Well, they're on like an eight or nine game winning streak right now. Let's see. Hey, look, let's be clear. I don't January, love January 22nd, dude. I, I watched them play, and you talk about a team that now they play – 94 feet of defense, I'll give them that. And I do appreciate that because a lot of teams play zero. Ask any Carolina fans. <laughs> but they seem to be, if I'm making threes, we're going to win. If we're not, uh-oh, um, kind of team. And, you know, well, does that bode well for the tournament? I do not know. Well, Houston, 25-2 and two right now, 13-1, and one, and a, just a horrific AAC. I mean, I think you and I both can agree, as bad as we – we think the ACC is, the American is, uh, about, I was about yeah. to say a level lower. They may be two levels lower right now, but uh, but still, they've done what they need to do. I don't know. Tulane and Memphis aren't bad. I mean, those teams can play with anybody in the ACC. So. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. But they're only two and, losses. And Temple's their fourth team, and that they're at, they're okay, I guess. There you go. But their so. only two losses were against Alabama, a 71-65 loss, and then that just that hiccup against Temple, which I watched that game pretty much from a start to finish. And uh, Temple, I mean, it was a one-point win for Temple, but they, they controlled that game. They controlled the tempo throughout. I mean, this is a team, talking about Houston, that – it's got to be averaging. Uh, hold on, let me back up here, and I can tell you they're 
They average a lot of oh. points a game. They're averaging yeah, about eighty. Not really, well, no, seventy-five points a game. That's not yeah. great. But uh, they held them to fifty-five that day. Uh, Temple did. My point being, what do you think is going to happen? You you sort of alluded to it. You maybe even said it. But ECU versus uh, Houston. Uh, yeah, this I think Saturday Houston laid the wood to them. You I think they laid the wood to them, and because they they're they're trying to get some momentum themselves. Houston, um, you know, are they really the number one team? I, I don't know about that. Um, but they they probably got a statement to make at least in their conference. Well, I'd love, but you know, you'd love to see your alma mater come up on that win, though, dude. Absolutely. Again, if with our question would be, you know, I was there when. Uh, well, I don't even want to tell you my age because <laughs> I had to give it away. But you know, I've, I've seen some some big teams come in there, put it that way, and uh, it, it's a great place when the place is rocking. That's why I wish they could get some consistency over there. And, and uh, get a team that was competitive. I agree with you wholeheartedly. That voice you're listening to is Richard Clark. He's our NBA expert. He's our basketball expert. That's why we uh, we have him on. Uh, I, I do have to go back. Jason Bryant sent me a message a few minutes ago and said that uh, no team should get into the NCAA tournament without a quad one win. He said even Duke. So uh, I agree with him on that. We want, Let's not break down all that because, dude, we got about 10 minutes left, and I, I've got to get some uh, NBA talk in. Dude, the All-Star game, very, very entertaining. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I, I'd had a crazy weekend, you know, with uh, Friday we spent all day in Raleigh and Saturday, man, the stadium series thing, dude, which, by the way, dude, it was just amazing. That, that's one of the best. I got to tell you, dude, I think when I'm laying on my deathbed, hopefully 40 years from now, I don't want to live that long, hopefully 20, 25 years from now, and I look back over my life, I'd like to think seeing that stadium series game and seeing Carter Finley Stadium turned into a hockey stadium. Uh, <laughs> and, and dude, just the, the vibe, the energy, just the whole thing, Rich. It was amazing. But, you know, wore out on Saturday, Sunday, Daytona 500 and all that. Uh, I got to admit, man, when Sunday night rolled around, I watched till about halftime and I fell asleep. I, I didn't get to see uh, our boy uh, Jason Tatum finish with uh, a double nickel for uh, Team Giannis, but 55 points in an All-Star game. You're, just your thoughts and just everything on the, uh, on the All-Star game this past weekend. Well, let me, let me say this, preclude this by saying, to me, this is the worst weekend basketball. Uh, I don't like the All-Star break. I don't like – I get why they do it, and I think the All-Star game is atrocious. Unless it happens to be close at the end. Then you see the egos come out. Remember a couple of years ago that um, it was really tight coming down to the end, and that last, I don't know, five minutes of that game was fantastic. Um, but you rarely get that. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It's an all-star game. Nobody wants to get in the way. Nobody wants to hurt anybody. So it's kind of what it is. <laughs> but still – 55 points, and you got to know. I mean, if they had turned Jordan loose during his time playing all his all-star games or Kobe or anybody, they could have put up 55. But that's pretty impressive uh, for someone to score that many points in an all-star game, Rich. Oh, it is. I mean, 55 against, you know, the middle middle school team of 50 Sister Mary's deaf girls would still be a big, big number. I mean, 55 is a big number. Yeah. It's a lot of shooting. Um but these guys are, are special to begin with. I mean, what was the final, 186 or something? I think it's 181, 175, maybe something like that, which is Yeah, insane. that's crazy. Well, I'll tell you what I really liked, and this is what I expect to hear you saying. You haven't said it, so I'll bring it to the forefront here, Rich. 
the way they chose the all-star teams, dude. I mean, just an hour before the game starts, they don't even know who they're playing for. And it's like being out on the playground. You know, I know you always got picked first. I was one of those guys that, you know, always got picked no, first. No, I did not get picked first. Let's be clear oh, on that. Whatever, man. Whatever. But anyway. You, you, go to the, you go to these places and they don't know you. Yeah. So. But that's what I always yeah. like because I was either always last or next to last. But then I, you know, and I, I'd love, you know, you saw how I played, dude. I mean, nothing special, but dude, I could, you leave me open or, uh, I get a little bit hot. I can hit some jumpers, man. And nothing, <laughs> yeah. nothing made my heart swell more and dude, and I never talked junk. I mean, I would just hit and go, man, I can't believe I hit that, <laughs> you know, or, or something like, man, man, am I having a you lucky know. day or something? And I just loved, love when the guys on the other team, the guy that was checking me, they'd be like, why are you letting him hit that? Get it. Don't, don't let him hit that dude. Nothing made me happier than hearing that dude. But my favorite was, um, they would always at the beginning of the games when they didn't really know you, um, they would run over there to check me because they thought what they thought. And, um, <laughs> about halfway through the game, they'd have to switch. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. I loved it. And like I said, the yeah. best part to me, and this always did my heart great was when, uh, you know, like I said, the guy was guarding me. If I, you know, hit two or three and his teammates were like, and I can't say everything they would say because, you know, yeah, FCC yeah. Why you get on him. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, that just did my heart so good, dude. It was awesome. Anyway, anyway, Richard Clark on the line with us right now. And, uh, but I did, I loved that. Uh, I loved that they picked the teams right before the game instead of, you know, they really didn't, not that they game plan for an all-star game anyway, but that it was, it just had that feel of yeah. being out at the court, you know, and, and I always played in Charlotte or in Gastonia, but being out on the court and, you know, just guys picking teams, dude. But don't, don't you feel bad for the, the all-star that's the last <laughs> one pick? Well, here's you know, what is crazy, dude. The guy that may end up being the three-time, three-straight MVP was picked next to last. How right. about that? I know. I know. I know. It, the whole thing is, you know, and, and they, they just did a straw poll on the, on the MVP. And Jokic got 77 first-place votes. Giannis was next with 11. Are you kidding me? Dude, I don't crazy. know what they're watching. I don't know what league they're watching. And Jokic is fantastic, but all trails run through Giannis as far as I know. Well, Dude, I'm telling you, uh, that just tells you the ta – you know, you've tried to tell me this, and you've said it here on the air several times. People, you know, they want to say, oh, you know, there's really no talent in the NBA, and they don't play defense. <laughs> dude, dude, come on now, man. That, that's, look, that's because you watch the All-Star game, and that's what you think it is. Yep. Trust me, it's not like that. And, and I'm telling you right now, you can't. I, I give you a good example of the game. Of game, the other day the Bucks played the Celtics without the without Tatum and Brown, and uh, I don't even know if Horford played for the Celtics. So it's basically the Celtics bench versus the Bucks, and for three and a half quarters, because they're NBA players, they were in the game and actually had to leave. Wow! And then at some point, True Holiday. And Giannis said, okay, it's time to be stars. And they just took the game over. And that's the difference. While it looks like they're not playing any defense, it looks that way because Giannis just zero step past you for a dunk. That's that's not because you didn't play defense. It's because it's Giannis. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, these guys are, are at a different level. And you're going to really see it, I think, in the playoffs because um, there's a bunch of teams bunched up together. So I think you're really going to see a lot of teams get cranked up here in the next, I don't know, two weeks because some teams got to make some moves. And like you said in the show last week, look at the West. What's there, four games from third or fourth to 13th? Dude, I've got it so, right here in front of me so I can tell you, dude. From, check this out, Rich. The Sacramento Kings, which, God bless them, that's amazing the season they're having. They're at the three-hole right now in the Western Conference, 32-25, and 25, okay? Just four and a half games back are Portland, and they are in 12th place. So from third to 12th, it's four and a half games. And, heck, throw the Lakers in there, and it's only uh, six games back from third to uh, 13th place, dude. I just – Six games <laughs> with roughly 35 games left. Uh, no, actually, that's one of the things I want to talk to you about. No, it's less than that, dude. It's 25 games left. Yeah, Everybody, Everybody's played between 56 and 60 games to this yeah. point. Dude, tell me, am I losing my mind? But didn't – now, bear in mind, I'm going it back to – I'm. I, thank you. I'm going back to our childhood here, dude. But uh, the All-Star game used to be pretty much close to the halfway point of the season, right? Yeah, it, it used to be, yes. Uh, I think – I don't necessarily have a problem where they put it. Uh, because um, now you basically you're getting everybody rested for the stretch run. I have no problem with that. What I wish they would do, and where I think they dropped the ball, because they really had no games on since before a week from Thursday to Thursday. What they should do, in my opinion, is let the Eastern Conference have one week off and the West plays, and then the next week do the opposite. And that way they got games on. Because I think they dropped the ball a little bit. You lost the whole weekend really a Thursday through Sunday of TV with nothing on. Yeah. I mean, Daytona had unfettered access. The only thing on that was anything was the game you were at. Yeah. Indeed. And I guess the state Carolina game technically. And it was a spectacle. I'm telling you, uh, it, it was awesome out there. Uh, Saturday. Yeah, that was a pretty good idea. To did you? What did it look? Back. Okay, bear in mind, and I'm an idiot. I did not record it. I can't believe I record everything, man. And I don't know what. And we were sitting out there, and I'm getting all these texts from people saying, "Man, oh my god, it looks awesome on TV." Blah blah blah. And I'm just mad at myself, like, man, I cannot believe I didn't set my DVR for it. What did it look to you? What did it look like on TV, dude? Oh, it, it looked good. Uh, again, I'm always concerned that. Um, the ice is going to be iffy like it was at a couple of the places along the way when they've done this. But I think they've figured out how to do all that now. Um, and, you know, I, I applaud them for giving it a, a whirl with this. Um, it gives, again, trying to get the pickup feel because yeah. I'm sure that's, that's what they're after. Well, I want to see them do it one year, and I don't know. The, this may be the southernmost point they've ever done, and I could be totally wrong. And I know if Paul or – Jason or one of my ah. NHL. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it, but I'd love to see them do it like in uh, in Florida, you know, for the Florida Panthers or for the Dallas uh, Stars or maybe even L.A. Maybe they've done it in L.A., but uh, wouldn't you love to see if they could keep it going? Because, dude, the, again, I'm with you. It was just an uh, an engineering marvel that they did it because, dude, it was 70 degrees the day before, and they had it, and they said they had no problems with it at 70 degrees. I think I heard somebody say 
the the breaking whatever the uh, the breaking point would have been eighty one degrees. If it had hit eighty one, they probably would have had a problem with it. But other than that, but it, but of course that day, dude, the high was only like fifty one or fifty two. So uh, I thought they did a great job with it. Okay, uh, we're up against the the top of the hour here. But I did want to uh, just what are your big stories? Give me give me and we'll end it with this. Give me two, maybe even three big stories going into the I was about to say second half, but this final quarter of the NBA season going into the playoffs? Well, I hate to say it, but it's going to be hell. And and I don't necessarily mean who's going to get hurt. It's who's going to get guys back. Um, what's Phoenix look like? Um, on paper, they're far and away the best team in the West, I think. But are they going to be able to get Durant back in time to make a push and so forth? Um, in, in the East, can Milton return to form? Because you know, I still think the Bucks are the best team in the East right now. Okay, uh, and and the Boston's had a few. They're getting nicked up a little bit, but they could very well just be taking it really light and and not rushing these guys back. So we'll see. Now that that now we get into the downshift and let's get to it. So um, I think you're starting to get your buckle in is what I would tell you if you like the NBA because it's going to get really good here in the next couple of weeks. I love it. Boston is number one right now Den- in the yep. Eastern Conference. Uh, Denver's number one in the Western Conference. Uh, two months from now, where are we? Who who wins the Eastern Conference? Who wins the Western Conference? Best record coming out, getting number one seed. That what yep. you're asking? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, yeah. I think Boston probably keeps the number one seed in the West. I think it's probably going to stay Denver simply because of the altitude. That's the only real home court advantage besides Sacramento. Um, but I don't know that that number one seed's going to matter in the playoffs. Well, and on top of that, too, Denver has built themselves up a lead. As much as we were talking about how it is three through 13 in the Western Conference, Denver has five games on Memphis and then eight games on San Francisco or on Sacramento. And uh, we were talking about, you know, Phoenix, Dallas, the big moves they made and all that. They're nine and nine and a half games out. And that they've played six. Hell, dude. Uh, Phoenix has played sixty games, as has Dallas. Yeah. Uh, so they've only got twenty-two games left. So, but but uh, think about this, man. Would you really want to play? I don't know what the standards are. I don't have them in front of me right now. But that's one four game, and you're Denver, and it ends up being Phoenix in the second round. I mean, wow. No, no, no. I'm you know, with you, dude. I'm with you. That, dude. That's brutal for a team that you know. I, I just don't know the Denver. I love Denver's roster, but Michael Porter Jr. matters so much, and He's made a glass, so, you know, yeah. kind of like Zion at this point. Well, well, I'll tell you what, we'll get into more about Zion. and we Dude, we didn't even talk any about Reggie and the Mavericks or uh, Brandon and the Pelicans. We'll do Brandon's that next week. playing well, oh, very he, well. Uh, he ended yeah. the uh, first half. Well, I keep saying first half. He ended before the All-Star break, what, with three straight 30-point games, so uh, – Brandon's looking very good. Okay, Richard yeah. Clark, uh, hey, dude, give me ten, give me fifteen seconds on Daytona because I know you watch that. You're a big NASCAR fan. Yeah, that, that I'm not. I'm so not a fan of that restricted plate stuff, but yeah. I guess the fans love it because everybody's bunched up. But I, I just hate it for the guys that have they're just there and you get hit and you know and nothing you can do about it. Um, it you know turned out like they always do. Somebody won that. You wouldn't expect to win because it's Daytona. <laughs> yeah, and it is. You're right. And the guy who wins Daytona very rarely goes on to do anything in the regular season. Anything else. Because really it's just attrition, and you happen to be in the right place at the right time. 
Because that should have been Joey Logano's win. Last I lied to you. One last question. Here. Actually, it, it should have been Kyle Kirk, Kyle Bush's win. But uh, I, dude, I can't stand him, man. I just I, I'm not a fan either. Yeah. But he's a heck know. of a driver, though, dude. Just like the apparently. Anyway, Got to ask you this, and I think I thought I texted this to you. Maybe I didn't. But uh, what's bigger in Ricky Stenhouse's life? Okay. Winning the Daytona <laughs> Five, I did send it to you, didn't I? Winning the yeah. Daytona Five Hundred or uh, dating Danica Patrick for as long as he did. Uh, at this point, he'll probably take a Daytona. <laughs> uh, yeah, because she's off the table at this point, so to speak. But, but I, you know, I'd be curious to know um, what she's like. That, that, yep, behind yep, the yep, scenes. Yeah, me too. I would too. I would too. Yeah. Rich, <laughs> Richard Clark. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for going a little overtime here with us. We'll talk to you next week, dude. Thanks for having me. There you go. That's Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Coming up in our second hour, Don Tres Styles, Donald Mooring on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. <laughs> 